Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. This week, game designers Peter Gussis and Michael Kelly will review a cooperative game and have a related design discussion. Hey, I'm Peter, and I'm here with Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Yes, and today we're going to cover Micro Macro Crime City. Yeah, so that's, uh, I always get it confused. Is it macro, micro, micro, macro? I feel like I'm back in uh, economics class. Uh, yeah, it's a weird name. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> micro, I guess the best part about the name is nobody's going to copy it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, I think they're going to try to do a series of these games, right? So I think it'll be like micro, macro, something else, and micro, macro, this, and micro, macro, that. Yeah, I don't know what else you're going to call it. I guess like Murder City and... <laughs> Well, it doesn't have to all be murders, right? They could take like this whole gamification. So uh, we should probably say what this is if you haven't heard of it. It's kind of like uh, Where's Waldo, but it's a murder mystery game. Yes, they they are all murders. <laughs> but yeah, I guess they could do something different. Well, they're not all murders, but we'll get into that when we get into the uh, game itself. But before we do that, how you been, man? I've been good. Uh, we're going back to in-person teaching in my school district, so that's a little hectic. Like, I'm, I'm excited and also worried. Definitely a big change. Like, we had to take both my kids back to uh, in-person school, and my five-year-old has been <laughs> crying every day after we leave him. It's very, it's, uh, I'm laughing, but it's actually upsetting. Yeah. But yes, but at the same time, getting a lot of great games played, so at least that part is good. Yeah, well, that is good. We have been playing quite a bit of good stuff. I guess we should also say our design discussion today is going to be what's a game versus an activity and uh, what we can do as designers like to push it one way or another, I guess. Right. Yeah, uh, this is a contentious one. I know uh, I, I know a few games we'll already bring up. <laughs> but wait, game, the game, or, the yes, mind. I, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> But before that, let's talk about what we played recently, including last night. We played a game of Bullet last night on the stream channel. Yeah, it's one I was going to talk about first. I've been playing a lot of Bullet from Level 99. I got my physical copy, and they updated the official uh, TTS mod with the upcoming expansion content. Yeah, and we gave it a first run last night, and it was pretty fun. I, I think the new characters are good, and there's a nice scaling of difficulty there, it looks like, from the easiest boss to the hardest. looks like a, uh, a pretty wide range there. <laughs> One complaint I have about the core game is it's a little hard until you've played them all to tell like which bosses are harder than others. I think this one, it was more obvious, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, no, no. One person gave you like... You know, seven chips a turn. It did nothing bad when you destroyed one of its shield. The other one was like 20 chips every single turn. Deal with it. Yeah, that I'm a little scared of that one. <laughs> Very cool. So you've been playing anything else that uh, people might want to know about? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all stuff that'll be coming soon. I've been playing Waste Nights, which is kind of a Fallout video game series, sort of post-apocalyptic setting. It's a like big adventure game with a kind of choose-your-own-adventure book different scenarios it's very cool definitely positive feelings towards that one yeah you've been talking that one up and now i'm jealous i want to try that one uh, hey man I, I, I did my footage here you can borrow it whenever you want i guess uh the other one i've been playing a good amount that i'm probably going to cover sometime soon is paleo which is a z-man uh, co-op game i played that online and i liked it enough that i bought it and i've been trying out uh, solo two-handed and they have a true solo variant that's kind of like a survival, like paleolithic game, card based, like really cool kind of somewhat hidden card thing, varied scenarios. I'm definitely enjoying it a lot so far. Well, speaking of that one, we're also going to be doing that one on the stream channel this Saturday. So actually the day before this podcast comes out, you should have seen us play paleo last night or 
I know it's probably going to be pretty late because we're playing it after Gloomhaven. You could see it the next morning. We give you permission <laughs> to sleep and uh, not not do it live. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what you think of it and also to see how it plays with a uh, three player because I haven't gone that high yet. Nice. Well, I, I bet you can't guess at all the thing I've been most excited about and playing the most lately. Uh, Marvel Champions had more stuff come out, I think. Yes, yes. The Guardians of the Galaxy expansion came out. It's called Galaxy's Most Wanted. And they stepped it up a bit. (laughs) Not only a little bit, quite a bit. People are like, wait a minute. This game used to be easy. And now you're just kicking us in the face, which is actually pretty good. I I think it's what the game needed because there were certain things I just wouldn't play, right? One of the four aspects is leadership. It was just too good for the enemies. Like you couldn't ramp up the difficulty enough to make leadership fun to play well guess what not a problem now (laughs) (laughs) which which uh, guardians are in the set like which heroes do they have it's rocket and groot in the base set and then draxon gamora next or maybe star lord's next but those are the next three heroes coming out and one of the cool things they did with this set is usually everybody had an ally in their deck that was like keyed to them like scarlet witch had quicksilver right her brother uh ant-man had wasp so they were already built into their deck But for this deck, they have a Guardians keyword, and all the allies are neutral. So you could literally play with the entire Guardians of the Galaxy squad once they all come out. They're not keyed to certain heroes themselves. So, you know, you want to play Star-Lord and bring Rocket, Groot, Gamora, and Drax with you? You can do that. That sounds pretty great. Can you get Thor in there, though? Can you have a Thor ally for, like, when he uh, gallivants around? Actually, the Thor ally in the game is they don't have the Thor that we know from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They have the female Thor, which I believe is coming out in uh, Love and Thunder. I think, you know, we're finally going to get to meet her in the new movie, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't we already meet her? Isn't it Natalie Portman's character? It is Natalie Portman, but, you know, we haven't met her as Thor. Well, yes, fair fair, fair enough. (laughs) No, it sounds great, man. I'm I'm excited to play some uh, Guardians with you at some point. Yeah, we could definitely play. I mean, well, now that we're both vaccinated, I'm sure we're going to get some live plays together here sooner or later because Jerry's on his way, too. So, you know, not so good for streaming Saturday nights, but way better for our sanity, I think. Yes. No, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, man. And the only other one I want to mention just briefly, because I mentioned it a little bit on next week's podcast, is I played Kingdom Death Monster finally. Yeah, I'm really uh, excited to hear what you think about it, especially as you play more, because that's one that I enjoy, but also have some quibbles about. (laughs) I've started two campaigns now, and I haven't gotten very far into either of them. I mean, I've really just at the beginning. And what I've noticed is it seems a little bit scripted at the beginning. Like you're going to do certain things. You're going to unlock certain things. You're going to get certain armor if you can. I think people get upset as their characters start dying and things like that. But I think it's one of those things where you just got to kind of play through it, kind of like Arkham Horror, to kind of see what story you get at the end. Because I do think if you keep restarting and restarting and playing with new people and and playing the same monsters over and over, it could get samey. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught is in that first loop. They play it two or three times, don't do so well. And they're like, well, let me start a new campaign or they introduce new people, start a new campaign. I think you just got to head down and just go through it. Now, again, I'm not that far in, so I'm no expert, but I've certainly had a lot of fun with it so far, and I will probably review it with Barrett, and if you want to join us someday, uh, we'll, we'll probably do a full review of that at some point. I mean, I don't know if I uh, played it enough before I sold it. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable like putting my <laughs> review thoughts on file, you know, but no, I'm glad, I'm glad you're liking it, man. 
Uh, but before we get into our review of Micro Macro Crime City, I forgot to thank some of our Patreon supporters. So this week, I'd like to thank The Rizzo, who is a co-op fan, Dave Beck, who is a co-op lover, and Rocco Privatera, who is a co-op lover as well. Wait, we got the Rizzo and Rocco all in the same episode? Well, yes. Although the, the Rizza is maybe the one you're thinking of. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Rizzo from Greece. Oh, geez, man. Okay, you're yeah, that's right. I, I always forget how much you love musicals. <laughs> I, I do love musicals. So the, yeah, there you go. Some uh, interesting facts about me. Oh, by the way, uh, Colin left us a message, said, yeah, Peter does love musicals. Yeah, yeah, great. But yes, uh, th- thank you to all our Patreon supporters. <laughs> Uh, thanks for helping us to defray the cost of putting on the podcast, paying for new equipment. We could not do it without all of you. And thanks to everybody else, however you participate, if you're on our Discord, joining the conversation over there. If you're subscribed to uh, either of our YouTube channel, the streaming channel, or the regular channel. Or both. Or both. Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> One's good. Both is better. <laughs> or if you have reviewed the very podcast you're listening right now. We appreciate any way you want to engage with us uh, in our little neighborhood. You know, I got to start reading those again out loud on the podcast. So we, we have quite a few that I haven't read out. And we've had some really nice people say some really nice things about us. I'm assuming they're nice because they said nice things. If they said mean things, I would have had different opinions. of them. <laughs> All right, but uh, let's get into our review of Micro Macro Crime City. Uh, you want to talk about the, the theme and mechanics, Peter, such as they are? I'll talk about the theme. The theme is you are in the worst city ever. It is a terrible, horrific city. It's it's all these like cutesy animal people. They're getting murdered left and right. Yes. I mean, even as you just glance over the map, and this is a huge map. I mean, I don't I, that isn't one of my points, but it's like a really big map. Oh, it's it's one of mine. It's one of mine. <laughs> okay. But, you know, it's this black and white scene on this map and literally every place you point your eyes to, there's somebody getting murdered or running away with like jewels, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But lots of death, lots of corpses laying around this city. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, what struck my son as we were just looking at the map, he's like, why are the people just walking around these dead bodies? <laughs> like, <laughs> like sometimes they'll stop and they'll be like a little like group, like looking around being like, oh, no. But yeah, th- there's no police presence that I've seen at all in the entire game. Like, it's just a it's a wild, crazy, like anarchist uh, haven, I guess. What are the police presence? What are you talking about, man? Oh, all right. <laughs> I think. I, I, I think that's what we're doing, right? We're trying to solve the crime. I mean, I guess we could just be journaling it for our own personal amusement, but I'm assuming we're some kind of detectives or something trying to solve these crimes and like get the people in jail. But yeah, so that's the, uh, the theme of it. Uh, crazy city. And the mechanics are you have uh, 16 different cases and each case will have a series of like clue cards. And the first one will say, hey, you got to solve this murder and kind of tell you where to start, like usually where the body is in almost, you know, 95% of the cases, basically. And then uh, what you do is you progress through these different clue cards and they'll be like, OK, well, now find where he went after this. Oh, my gosh, look, he was poisoned. Now find where the poisoner went. And uh, how it works is the game plays with time, because as you uh, look at where a person is, you'll find them like moving forward, basically moving through time on the map. So like, I'll see him here and uh, he's got a coat on. But then if I move down in the direction he was walking, I'll see another picture of him and now the coat is gone. And then I'll see him walking down a little bit and now he's going into a store and he comes out with a hamburger. So like, you'll kind of see the time progression of the characters. And that's where the majority of like solving the cases comes in because 
you're generally like tracking them. You know, you're like, oh, okay, this guy, where'd he go next? Or, oh, who was there that could have done this deed? But you're just trying to solve the cases. Uh, if you can get to the final card and, you know, figure it all out, then you uh, win. But the thing is, the game says if you flip over a clue card and you're like, whoops, I got it wrong. <laughs> just keep going. It's not a big deal. You can still try to solve the rest of the case. Yeah, there's not much of a, a loss condition there. It's no, definitely no, just a solve the case eventually. Man, is it even is it even a game? You have to wonder. I I don't know. Uh, gosh, where did we get these design discussions, man? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they just come out of nowhere. Uh, but we're gonna jump into our review. If you haven't been here before, thanks for listening. And we do a five point review. We're gonna each talk about the top five things that stand out to us about the game, from least important to most important. Although they are the top five, so they're all important. And uh, Peter, why don't you start? What's something about Micro Macro Crime City for you? So my number five is that you have the progression of these cases. So there are sixteen cases that come in the game, and they're just a deck of cards, really. And the map is the same every time. So they kind of bring you to places on the map that are like, you know, you start in this one little corner of the map. And then as the cases go along, you kind of expand out, but you can't help but noticing other stuff that's going on in the scene, especially like car crashes and people dead on the ground and things like that. So it ramps up in difficulty from case one to 16, but you also tend to have more knowledge. It's almost something like seventh continent where oh i've been here before i know where that thing is now it, I, I feel like that when i play the game and i think it progresses in a good way so that the cases don't get super long by the end because you've already seen these things like 10 times while you're looking for other stuff throughout the course of the game so i like how it does that it, it's a cool trick with your memory that's funny man i i did not think we would have anything like necessarily in common for this one but my number five is very similar to that and it's, uh, yeah, it's like the the idea, and, and you get this with uh, Where's Waldo books and other things that are kind of of this ilk with like giant pictures full of stuff going on. I love the little details in the game and like the little stories you can find, even sometimes that aren't connected to the cases that are solved in the game. Like, for example, there's this baby that wanders around the entire town. And I just kept on like kind of <laughs> laughing a little bit when I see this baby having these little like hijink adventures as they go around. But uh I, I didn't put this in my video review, but now that you said it, you really like crystallized something I hadn't thought of. It was also cool that not only do I have all these fun details in the city, but I felt like I knew the city by the time I'd played through all 16 cases. When I played the first uh, mission, I was like, where the heck is the hardware store? But I could tell you like right now, if I put out the map, I could very quickly find every single landmark. And the other thing is you see the people that will be in later cases. Like you see a body, and you're like, oh, I don't know what that is, but then it comes up later and it it's cool how it kind of like leads to these intersections in your mind. And I don't know, it makes the city feel like a more kind of organic breathing thing, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think maybe that's part of it too, is when you see people just standing around, not looking at the corpses, we have to remember that these are different shots in time as well. So maybe those people weren't there when there was a body laying. Oh, that's a good call. I never thought about that. Yeah. Like maybe it's like it happened during the middle of the night and that's just that time lapse within that person's story, but not within the rest of the city story. That's cool. Yeah, but I agree. I, I definitely, at one point, at one case, we were following the wrong person the entire time. And even if they're not involved with the case, you can definitely follow them. I'm like, all right, how did he escape? He walked off the bottom of the map. And then we're like, nope, that was the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody completely different. We're in the same kind of clothes, but not exactly the same. And like, darn it. Oh, so uh, yeah, no, you definitely have these moments where you're just following people around. And the cool part is that they actually put some stuff online with like additional cases. 
Yes, we, we did all of those. Like, my son and I just tore through this game uh, in, like, the course of three days. And we did all the online ones, too. And I think they said they're going to, like, even maybe upload a few more for the city. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. They did all the artwork. I'm sure they did it with thoughts of doing these things in the future. All right, so how about your number four, Peter? My number four is, it is amazing value. Now, even right now, the only place you can get is eBay, right? <laughs> like, I, I looked for it, and unfortunately, it's it's not easy to get. It'll be back in stock soon, though. I think I bought it for 30 bucks retail, MSRP. And on eBay, it's like 55 right now. I mean, even at 55 bucks, I think it's a great value. You think about these escape room games that we buy, and I love them. They're some of my favorite games at 15 bucks a box. That's for one hour of gameplay. I mean, for 30 bucks, you're definitely getting three hours of gameplay. Plus, you know, as you said, you can look back at the map and, you know, have all these memories and things like that. So I don't know. For me, the value is pretty amazing for the 16 cases plus all the online ones that they have. I really think you're getting your money worth here. I mean, I agree for my taste, but I will push back for some people a little bit to just play devil's advocate because you can get like $30 games that you can play a hundred (laughs) times. You know what I mean? Whereas this is, it has a shelf life. And like I say for Unlock and like all those types of games that are kind of one and done, I think it's way better if you are willing to pass it on to a friend, pass it on to like family, you know, trade it with somebody, sell it to somebody else. I think uh, the good thing about these is that you can kind of share the love But if you don't do that kind of stuff and you're just going to keep this on your shelf, then, you know, it might have less value for you overall. Although, I mean, I think we need to talk about that at some point in the future, because are you really going to remember every escape room game you've ever done? I mean, there does come a point where you can go back and replay these, right? Like years down the road. No, I'm I'm 100% sure that if I played like the first three unlocks that, gosh, we played, what, two or three years ago, I would certainly be able to experience those with mostly fresh eyes. Yeah, and I mean, sure, you're going to remember some of the big things in the game, but I don't think that diminishes the value of them. I actually think it's almost like watching a movie again that you've seen years ago. And maybe this is a good design discussion for down the road for some of these escape room games is I watch movies over and over again. And I think escape room games can be the same thing, especially if you're a collector of them the way I am. I mean, I've played every exit, every unlock and every deckscape that's been out. I can certainly go back and I'm not going to remember everything from all those cases. Nah, that's a great point. All right, so my number four is what you brought up, even though it's not on your list. The giant map. This is a big con. Like, I know they couldn't have done it otherwise. I'm not saying that they should have done something differently. But first of all, it's like just basic paper. Uh, sorry, Peter, my son might have slightly ripped a tiny little corner of it. <laughs> it's okay. I apologize. But uh, yeah, so it's like a giant fold-out map of paper. Uh, we had to play it on the floor. It like barely kind of stayed on my table when I filmed my uh, little review and playthrough. But uh, to play with my family, we had to play on the floor and like we had to walk around and crawl around like the outskirts of the map to like see things. So it does present this uh, epic feel to things. But the fact that it's folded, it's just paper, like it won't really sit flat. It can be a little bit annoying and it's like unwieldy to deal with, you know, compared to, again, like usually the things that I think of for this kind of uh, activity, like where is Waldo? do it like page by page. The fact that they did this as one giant map is great for gameplay, but makes it a bit unwieldy uh, at the same time. The only thing that annoyed me about the giant map is the metros. I I don't know if those annoyed you or not as well. Oh my gosh, it was such a, yeah, because usually you don't have to jump very far, but then when they get on the metro, you got to like run to like five different corners and check where they might be. 
Right. And finding those metro stations is not easy either. I mean, it's almost a where's Waldo there? Like, what? where is this metro? Well, but, know, but other... I learned the city now, man. I know where they all are right now. <laughs> well, of course. And again, it's something you get with time. But that was the only thing. The problem is that it comes in case like four or five, like pretty early on. And you're like, wait a minute. He went in the metro, but I have no idea where he came from on the other side of the metro. And you're really... In that one, I, I found myself spending an inordinate amount of time trying to find the other metro stop. So that's the only time the big map annoyed me. But I do have a table big enough to handle it. And we were only playing two players. So we would just actually spin the map around. I wouldn't oh. walk around it. I would just spin the map. You know, we would keep sitting where we were. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That, that would have made things easier. Again, my table kind of was inadequate to the task. Sure. All right, so my number three is I really like the two-sided cards that they have. And they have like the beginner mode, quote unquote, and the expert mode. And I guess in the expert mode, you never flip over or you never read the clues on the back of them because there are kind of clues to where the next thing might be on the back if you read the story. But honestly, I didn't care about that because I didn't care about difficulty in this game. I actually like games like this to be not too hard so they don't overstay their welcome. Plus, I loved reading the story on the back of the cards. Like, they they had a little narrative. It's like, oh, that was his girlfriend. That's why he was angry or whatever else. Or, oh, I see why his wife did that. So there were definitely neat things in the narrative on the back of the card. And I just like how they did that. It's almost like a hint system. So maybe you look at the card before if you're having trouble and you want to play the quote-unquote expert mode or whatever. Kind of gives you a little hint as where the next thing may be. Well, dang, man, that's my number three exactly, so shoot. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, go to your number two then. Well, hold on. I do want to add on, though, that I did – we we started playing expert mode and did it for, like, the latter uh, half of the cases, I would say. And I think it's great from that standpoint, too, because if you need to, they become clue cards. But I almost felt like it was a bit more of a mystery game having to fill in, like, not only where things happen, but what I was seeing – Whereas, as you said, the clue cards kind of tell you, oh, that must be his fiance, you know, so they kind of like tell you the story. Whereas uh, trying to figure it out for ourselves, we found really fun. So so both ways, I think, are great. And the clue cards allow that. Now, did you go back and read the story afterward? I mean, I got it, dude. <laughs> like, I, I never had one where I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, it was always clear. <laughs> oh, see, I, I liked reading those cards. Like, I thought the story was good. Unlike some detective games that will not be mentioned, where the story I found boring and repetitive and, and not interesting at all, because these were real short, you know, one or two sentences, I actually enjoyed reading the story. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I just thought it was neat that they put it in there. There's certainly a lot of games where they throw story in and it doesn't mean anything to me. In this one, I thought they actually did a pretty good job of keeping it concise, but yet interesting. Well, that that dovetails very well into my number two, which is uh, how varied the cases are and how kind of fun and full of surprises they are. Because I think every single case I played, all 16 plus like the four bonus ones on the website, every single one had at least one, often two or three kind of uh, surprising moments, aha moments where like something unexpected happened or we realized something really cool. And they do, like you said, in a very concise manner, like just through pictures in time, tell these really compelling stories. Now, uh, one warning, I maybe shouldn't have played this with my eight-year-old because uh, yeah. <laughs> I think every case except one has death in it. Uh, a couple cases feature like nudity. Now it's, you know, super tiny cartoonish nudity, but still there's some nudity. And like the death, like some of the deaths are a little gruesome, you know, like there's a murder suicide at one point and, and some other rough things. So a caution, 
it might be okay for like families to play, especially young kids, because everything's so small and cartoony. But I would recommend parents who want to play with their kids kind of vet it for themselves first and make sure that they're okay with people seeing it. Because it seems like it should be like a nice, fun, like G-rated experience. And they definitely did not go that way. They were, they were like, yeah, let's have this guy get run over and like his face is on the ground, you know, and blood all around him in black and white. But uh, yeah, still the case variety is great. They all have fun stories to tell, and I enjoyed that. It's amazing how much we're, like, leading into each other here. Because my number two is there's a lot of adult content in the game. I think it's important for people to know. Because if you look at, you know, with this cartoony facade, too. So you look at this cartoony facade, and you go, oh, this is a great game to play my family. You have to realize these are all, like, bloody murders that are happening throughout this city. And for real-world reasons, right? Like cheating and jealousy. I mean, they're real-world themes, put together with these like cartoon characters so while yes it is something you can easily play you know with your family as far as difficulty and hopefully they're not getting too many clues out of like what's going on here and like think that this is normal obviously so yeah i mean just something to be cautious of if you are going to play with younger children it's definitely adult themed throughout the game all right so uh, i guess i'll do my number one and this is a mix so i'm going to end on a mixed point even though i really enjoyed this and that's that uh Generally speaking, you are tracking people through time and you are like moving with their path. Like 95% of the activity you're doing in the game is just following people backwards or forwards through time as they walk and like seeing, oh, he went in this direction and then finding him on the next step. Now, there's a lot of fun discovery and things within that. And I think it's still interesting. But if you're used to in escape room games or like mystery detective games, kind of like logical leaps and figuring things out from limited information. There are a few times that happens in the game, but a lot of cases really just comes down to, I'm going to follow this person walking and things will present themselves. (laughs) So I I think it might be a letdown for people looking for like a more deductive kind of detective experience. And it could also maybe feel somewhat repetitive for some people. It wasn't a problem for us, but I just want to kind of put those concerns out there. All right, I don't think we've ever had a top five where we had four of the same five. Literally, the only one we didn't pair up on was number four where I had good value and you had big map. But my number one is the same thing. It's a moving scene. Although for me, it's a a straight up positive. I do say how it could be a negative for some people, but I love following the people around the city. I love following their stories. It was interesting to me. The artwork was fantastic. And yeah, it's really just... The number one thing that you need to know about the game is you really are. You're following people around the city and reliving their story. And it was way cooler than I thought it would be because I thought it was like, okay, yeah, I'm just looking around the map for things, right? But it's not that at all. You're actually looking around the map to tell a story. Yes. Which was way cooler than I thought it was going to be. Like, it sounds kind of like, ah, okay, whatever. But when you do it, especially the first case with the couple that was in there, and you saw him and you know meet this girl like he's bringing her flowers and, yeah, and yeah. separate <laughs> i think it's the, i think that's the first uh, metro one as well yes but it was like the first time you kind of were like oh wow there's something going on here right i mean otherwise it's just you know you kind of see the murder or whatever else but when they start spreading off and like you have to follow one person then you got to yeah. follow the other person and then you got to follow another person it's like oh wow this is really neat they're like i can tell what's going on like you said you don't have to read it But it was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be Where's Waldo. But it's definitely not that. 
Absolutely agree with that. And uh, I do want to say real quick, the game recommends that you use some kind of pieces to like track people and help you remember where like the key moments in the case are. Nothing is provided. Now, Peter was nice. <laughs> I got my uh, his copy and I uh, didn't realize that the red cubes he had put in there weren't uh, just something that came with the game. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's just a little thing to be aware of. Like you'll need like little cubes or pennies or something. I mean, you don't need them, but it's helpful as you track these people to kind of like see where their path takes them and see where the key moments in the story happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the only other thing that we didn't mention here, which I just thought of, is some of the stuff is really small. And I guess that's one of the the interesting things. You get this giant map, but there's so much stuff going on in the town that sometimes I had a hard time figuring out what was going on. I mean, it's my old man eyes going on over here. It does come with a little magnifying glass, but I mean, I don't know. It wasn't yeah, enough. That, that, to, that like... ain't enough. <laughs> so yeah, if, if your eyesight is a little, uh, you know, a little bit worn out, uh, you will have a hard time with this for sure. Yeah, bring your readers out for this one. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I think our final thoughts have been pretty clear. We've been pretty positive the whole time. I know you had a couple of mixed points, but, you know, for both of them, you were like, well, it, it was this, but not for me. I liked it. So. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a blast. Like, I could not stop me and my family from playing through just case after case after case. My son wouldn't stop requesting it. I had a blast. I even like to sat down and kind of ran through cases again. The key things to know are like if if you aren't going to trade it or sell it or pass it around, its value might not be as great. I found the map kind of cumbersome and annoying and, you know, the content warning and the need for extra tokens. Like those are the only kind of caveats I would give to people. Besides that, I think it's a very, very fun experience. Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to more stuff. And I'll say I didn't I played it separately because, you know, me with these escape room games, I think they're best at two. And I think this one is no different. I know you played it at higher player count. So actually, I'll ask you about that after I'm done here. But I actually played it through with my daughter, my son and my wife, and they all loved it. And I did not mind playing through it three times. I actually enjoyed watching them do the process. And I almost like GM'd it. I'm like, well, maybe look over here a little bit, you know, kind of giving a little bit of hints so they wouldn't get frustrated with it. And I think we both enjoyed it at that pace as well. So I didn't mind seeing the cases again, guiding somebody else through it. So what was your experience at higher player count? Uh, it's it's what you might expect uh, when, when there were four of us trying to play. Like we could barely fit around the one spot of the map that was uh, pertinent at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, that's kind of the case for like all these kind of games, you know, like unlock, you like don't have that many cards to go around, you know, or uh, exit, like you can only have so many of you looking at the book at one time. So it, it's a common problem. But yeah, I think three might even be pushing it. I agree with Peter that two is going to be the best look for this one. Because, you know, like, yes, there might be multiple. Those were probably the best times for the bigger group, like the couple of cases where like there were two or three different threads to follow. That worked out pretty well. Like I was like, okay, honey, you go chase down that guy. Uh, Harrison, you chase down this guy. Colin, you're five. Just don't, you know, walk on the map and we'll make this work. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think like some cases allow that, but especially the earlier straight, more straightforward ones really just have like one thread to follow. And there's not going to be much for more than uh, two players to do. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I love these type games, but I know that's a flaw of them. Uh, And I'm all right with it because I just don't play it suboptimal player counts for them. And it's easy for me to get two around. It's actually easier for me to get two than more. You probably see that from some of my top games like uh, Marvel Champions, which isn't good with more than two either in my mind. Yep, I don't disagree with that. (laughs) Alrighty, so let's get into our design discussion. I mean, obviously, I recommend from both of us. So is it a game or is it an activity? I don't know. How do you, where do you draw the line? 
yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I wonder. So I did look up a definition of game. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So it says a form of play or sport, especially a competitive one, played according to rules and decided by skill, strength, or luck. So it could be competitive or could not. So clearly that's fine. According to rules, I don't think any of the games we're going to talk about don't have rules. Sure. But, and then decided by skill, strength, or luck. That's the thing. Like there are lots of games that I think everyone would agree are games that are 100% luck-based, you know? So I think by that definition, a lot of the things we might discuss are games, but let's get more into detail. I think the key for me phrase that you said there is decided by though. Yeah. There, there has to be a decision, right? There has to be an ending. There has to be a victory. And I guess even in Micro Macro City, you can consider it a victory if you get through the case, whether you got it right or not halfway through. I mean, it's still decided at the end. You've still solved all the cards, I guess. Well, but by the same token, like you said, there is no way to lose Micro Macro City. There is no way to lose Unlock, you know, like... Yes, the time well, runs out. has a timer. No, but but yeah. but it's, it says to keep on playing, and you can use an infinite number of hints, and eventually every hint, if you keep on going, will just tell you this is what you do next, dummy. So, so uh, th- these are like if you just press through, there is no way to lose. Whereas I guess most games will have at least one loser if they're competitive, or the entire group can lose if they're uh, cooperative, right? Yeah, but I guess that doesn't bother me. Like, obviously, because some of these games are some of my top games of all time. I do like where Unlock and Exit will give you a score at the end. And even Deckscape. And I know not everybody likes that because Deckscape's the same thing, right? You just play through. I mean, actually, Deckscape's probably the most similar to this. But the difference between Deckscape and Micro Macro City, and that's where I draw a little bit of a line. And I, I this one leads toward more toward activity to me than game is... With Deckscape, yes, you fail at some points and like, oh, I didn't get that one right. But it it gives you there are rules for like getting X's or whatever. And so you get a final score at the end, which doesn't mean anything, right? I'm not comparing my score to anybody else, but at least I feel like there's some kind of end scoring. And I don't know why that's different to me than Micro Macro City, where you just end a case and it's like, all right, that was super fun. I want to move on to the next one. But there is no resolution there. Yeah, I guess that kind of brings in uh, beat-your-own-score solo games as well, then, which we've certainly covered a lot of. Like, you know, some solo games will at least say you need to beat the AI score that comes from this. But some of them are just like, hey, what score do you get? 50? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Or, oh, you got you got 25? Nice job. <laughs> so I-, I guess that is kind of like Micro Macro City for me, where... I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to say all of these are games. Like people who say that these are activities, I don't necessarily take that kind of uh, philosophical stance (laughs) necessarily, but they are less satisfying sometimes. Like I think beat your own score solo games tend to be among the least satisfying at the end. Like I much prefer when there's a boss I can kill or the AI through the choices I've made determines some kind of score that I need to beat specifically for that game. I think that is much more exciting Again, I think they're both games, but I think that's better, <laughs> you know? Well, but let me ask you, were you dissatisfied at the end of Micro Macro City at any point? Like at the end of a case? Well, so here's the thing. Here's what you're forgetting. Activities are fun too. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> like, it's not like I sat there and I was like, did I just play a game or did I just have an activity? Because we had fun. So in the end, this entire discussion, I guess, might not matter. But I like dancing. 
that's not a game. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't win unless there's a competition. It is uh, for me. Well, all right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You know, and I like, I like singing. I like playing at the park with my family. All those are activities. And, you know, me pushing my son on the swing and me putting down macro, Micro Macro City and playing through a case. They're both activities. Maybe one is also a game, but we can't lose. So is it a game? It, you know, you, you focus on the decided by part of that definition. Is anything decided here? Unless we just like literally unless we just choose to quit because we don't want to play anymore. <laughs> we will eventually win. Right. Right. Well, I think there is an ending, though. And maybe that's not a good definition. Right. Because books have endings as well. But each case wraps up you know what i mean like win or lose or or whatever whether there is a winning or a losing i feel like it wraps up and you move on to the next one and there are rules here so i mean i do think it's a game i'm I'm one that typically falls on the same side as you where i think all of these are games but I, I could see where people would put in the activity so i mean as a designer is there a lesson we can take from this is there something that we could say hey if you want it to feel more like a game, do this because party games are games and they all have scoring systems. But do people actually play with them? No. And and then like if they don't play with them, is it still a party game? Yeah. So I, I don't know that you do need that resolution and end score, right? Well, I, I don't think you need anything like design, whatever, you know, like uh, the mind. We haven't talked about the mind yet. That's one of your favorite games. I don't know. I think there's some skill to the mind, right? Well, there's certainly you get better as you play with a group more. There's, but that's a skill, right? That's yeah, absolutely. I mean, because some people won't take the clue, right? Everybody else is way faster than you, so it's time for you to speed up a little bit, and everybody in the group should slow down to you. I mean, unless you just literally have people that refuse to budge, like, nope, I'm gonna keep playing as fast as I always do, and well, guess what? then you're not going to win ever. And I mean, so, but there, there is winning and losing to me in that. I mean, definitely there's winning and losing in that, right? You're trying to get through so many rounds or whatever. So I see that more as, I don't know if we can even have degrees of game, but I see it as more of a game because there is that victory and loss condition. And there's certainly skill involved and there's certainly luck. And they even said in, in games, look, hockey is one of my favorite sports. But there are games where every one team's doing everything right and still will lose. It's true of football. It's true of every game that you want to talk about. I guess there are some games like chess where it's 100% skill. But, I mean, there's always going to be some kind of factor of luck. And, I mean, some games are higher than others. And I don't think it makes it less of a game because there's more luck. Well, I, I guess this kind of goes back to previous design discussions we've had which uh, one of them is on limited communication. We talked about the mind there and some other games. And those often are more akin to activities because what you're doing is so simple. It's like, hey, the mind, can you put these cards in order? <laughs> you know? Well, yes. Can you put these cards in numerical order? Like, if you know how to count, that is a basic activity. There's like basically no game there. But the limited communication maybe turns it into a game? Well, not only limited communication, but yeah, when you look at it, they'll have rules for what you can do, like raise your hand. I mean, the game or the game, the mind has like the throwing stars and stuff like that. There's definitely, you know, ways of signaling when you're starting. There's rules for what you can and can't do, right? You can't just play the 99 on turn one unless it's your only card. You have to start with your lowest ones and move your way up. So there are definitely plenty of rules in there, even though it's a very simple game. There are plenty of rules in there that certainly make it a game. I mean, I don't want to make this is the mind a game, <laughs> you know, just in general. I feel like any of these things are probably games. The only thing for me and the definition where it wavers for me is that is there a conclusion? 
Is there an something that happens at the end? Is there a winner or a loser? I feel like you need rules and you kind of need that. And so that's why Micro Macro City for me was on the fence. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I'm just thinking like all these. <laughs> it it, it kind of comes down to randomness, right? Like you already said this, but I, I feel like most people, randomness and player agency. I feel like most people, when they say like, this is not a game, this is just an activity. Like I'm not doing anything. I think usually that's going to come down to the game being so random that nothing you do seems to like have any impact on what happens or you having so little agency, which again, usually comes from randomness. Like Candyland is technically a game. There is technically a winner, but I think people who like say the mind is an activity would also have probably pretty strong problems with Candyland because there is zero skill involved. There is zero choice involved. You're just flipping through a randomly assigned deck and, you know, you could just like literally play it out and do nothing and find out who won. So, yeah, I guess if there is a design suggestion here, like give the players agency, give the players choice. Even if your game has a lot of randomness, don't make it so high to the point where nothing the players do can actually matter. Uh, because then you'll get some people who are very angry at your game, most likely. Well, and my bottom line advice is who cares? Who cares if it's a game or an activity? Let people talk about it because now people are talking about your game, right? As long as it's fun, that's what matters at the end of the day. So, I mean, as a as a designer, I don't care if people try to knock my game down by saying it's not a game. It doesn't matter to me as long as it's fun. Look, Micro Macro City is the one on this list that I have the biggest problem with. And I still had fun playing it. And I, I'm going to buy every one that comes out. So it doesn't matter whether one person's definition or another person's definition, everybody's going to have their own definition. Bottom line is it's fun. And so as a designer, I think that's the key. Just make your game fun. And Hey, if you could put it on the edge, maybe more people will talk about it. All right. I think that's a good place to leave it. So quicker episode, but that fits a small little game like this. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll check you out next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list. I was just trying to catch you singing. I know you were. That's why I stopped. I know how you work. I've been hanging out with you for a while. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get some good bloopers for this one. Too fast for you. Already. You ready? Yep. You all ready for this? Oh, wait. So you're going to catch me again. I see what you did. I see what you did. (laughs) Hey, Mike. What's up? I have a new city that I want to move to. Not that one, dude. You'll be dead within like five days. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, I live near Baltimore, so I mean, it's not that much different. Hey, 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 Baltimore's gotten better in some cases. It's okay. I like Baltimore.